to think about uh, just the, the number one, right? The number one. Uh, you think about that, and, and uh, let, let's read our verse of Scripture before we get too far in. If you can stand, if you will stand out of the reverence of reading God's Word, Luke 15, verse number 8, we'll begin just a few verses, give you one last chance to stretch your legs, and then uh, we'll dive right into this, and I'll keep my eye on the clock this morning. But Luke 15, beginning in verse number 8, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house? And seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Verse number 10, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And this morning, I want to teach on this, the value of one. The value of one. I came this, this close to trying my best to sing that song, uh, The Value of One. It's a great song, and uh, we, we, may, we may sing that one day, it, it, or maybe as a choir. It'll be a great song. Uh, but let's pray together. Let's pray, and then you, you can go ahead and be seated. Let's pray, and we'll jump right into it this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us now. God, help me, Lord, give the message as you laid it upon my heart. And God, as you've done the work in me, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would help me, Lord, give it unto the people this morning. God, I pray that you would just help each one of them. Lord, hold on to every word, every verse of scripture that's being read. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them. Lord, glean something from your precious word. Lord, we, we come this morning hungry for your word, and I pray, Lord, that you would fill every need. Lord, meet every need in this room. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help, Lord, this scripture become fresh and become new, Lord, not only to me as I'm preaching, but Lord, those that have heard this scripture many, many times, God, I pray that it become fresh and new in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, help me, I pray. I need your power. I cannot do this in my own strength, and I do not want to even attempt to do this without you, God. Guide me, direct me, give me clarity of thought, help me to say exactly what you want said this morning. In Jesus' precious name, we pray all these things, amen and amen. So I want to teach on this or preach on this this morning, the value of one, the value of one. And, and as we look at this scripture, we see a very, very clearly a picture here, a woman having 10 coins and she loses one. And then she sets out about finding that one coin that was lost. Right. And we see this. And then when we get to verse number 10, we, we see a transition, a transition into a spiritual realm. And, and the Bible says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And a lot of times in, in our world, especially now in this day and age in which we live in, people are not uh, consumed of one, right? They're not concerned or consumed about one of anything, right? And they always want more and they want more and they want more. Uh, we have the social media platforms, right? And, and if you have one friend on your friends list, well, then you are unpopular. That's what the world would say, right? You are of little significance and you have no value and you have nothing to add to. And people are always wanting those more than just one like on a Facebook post and more one, one, one retweet. They want more than one. They want more than one. We want more than one car. We want more than one house. We want more. And we live and we've been, we've been cultivated in a society to want more than just one, right? But I want to show you through the word of God this morning, the value of just one. Not many, not a mass group, not a, not a large group of people, not a, not a mass number, but of just one. And this lady here having 10 pieces of silver, she loses just one, a tenth of what she had. She loses 
But then we see her setting about seeking and looking for that which she had lost. Now, listen, you and I likewise, and I want you to think about this, and let's, let's be practical a little bit this morning as we kind of build and lay a little bit of a foundation this morning. And, and everywhere we go, a lot of times, when we're at the stores or in the parking lot and you're crossing the road, especially in school or even at church, you will walk around and occasionally you'll find something laying on the ground, a penny maybe. As you walk by and you're like, oh man, look, there's a penny. And a lot of times, what happens? A lot of times we walk right by it because it is but a penny, right? How many of you even found, I mean, you may have even found change this morning. I mean, you may have been walking in the house of God this morning and like, oh, look, there's a penny. There, there's a penny right there in the middle of the floor or on the chair. How many, did anybody find any pennies this morning? Is there, there's a few hands. All right, yeah. Because I threw 50 of them out, amen? So there should be 50 hands should go up unless some little kid was like, I got 49 of them, amen? <laughs> so, so I put those out this morning as I made my rounds and just preparing for the service. I began to just drop pennies everywhere just to see how many would actually get picked up. Because we see a, a lady here who loses one silver coin, and she sets about doing everything she can to find just that one. Now, I want to preach this morning on the significance of the one. And, and like I said, many times we see the, a penny, and, and some of us are so superstitious that if it's not on heads, we're not picking it up. How many of you are like that? It's okay. I know. So you're like, that's on tails. Don't pick that one up. Nope. Run the other way. I'll flip it over and then pick it up. Amen. I don't care. Hey, hey, hey. A penny, a penny is a penny. Amen. Benjamin Franklin said this. What? Uh, he said, a penny saved is what? A penny earned? Amen. If you didn't have it and you found one, guess what? You just made money. Some of y'all just walking by it. Amen. The Lord's like, I'm trying to bless you with that penny right there. And you just walk on by. But get it now. A lot of times we walk by the change and you have change. And maybe, maybe how many of you ever done laundry and found change? Every hand in here, right? I done laundry the other day and found a 20. That's what I said. It was in my work clothes. I don't even know how I got it in there. I would pull out the laundry and a 20 just rolled out right there on top. And, I, and the kids were like, oh, does that come from the dryer? I was like, you sure did. Pays to do laundry, kids. <laughs> so I told Mandy, I said, I'm going to start slipping change in all their dirty clothes. And then, all right, make sure you wash your clothes. I found change. I found change. I want to do laundry next. Parents, amen. Just a thought. Just a thought. <laughs> hey, they got so excited about that. But here, here's the thing. But a lot of times, if we see folding money, we'll, we'll pick it up real quick. I'm talking about dollar bill. If it folds, it's going in my pocket. Amen? But a lot of times, change will leave it. Maybe a quarter will pick up, a dime, a nickel. But a lot of times, a penny, we just leave. I mean, I've left pennies in the dryer and just let them ride one more time. How many of y'all just left change in the dryer? I, like, ah, I ain't going to get that out right now. And you hear it. And here's the thing. You hear it the whole time the dryer. Tink. Tink. What is that noise? That's the penny I left in there. Sorry, it's just getting cleaned up. Don't worry about it. But there's another message right there. We'll, we'll cover that one later on. But sometimes you let change ride. You find change, you leave change in your car. How long does the change sit there until your kids get it or somebody else says, oh, I need a quarter or I need this. And a lot of times the only thing you left with is what? The pennies. The pennies, right? The pennies. Because where are you going to go use a vending machine with pennies, sit there with 50 cents trying to get you a drink? It ain't going to work. Hey, man, they don't do that that way. But here's the thing. The value of one, the value of one is I want to get this thought in your head. I want to get this thought in your head this morning here. And like I said, Benjamin Franklin said this, a penny saved is a penny earned. And he was absolutely right. Because when we reach down and save one penny from disuse, we have earned ourselves something that has the potential to contribute value to our lives. But a lot of times we walk by those. 
In this parable here, Jesus tells us the story of a woman who lost one coin, and instead of shrugging her shoulders and walking away, no, she set out about the process of finding that coin and restoring it back to its proper place. And in this parable here, we'll see in Luke 15 here, you see several different parables. You see the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the prodigal son, and, and including the one we just read about the lost coin. And each one was designed to teach us that God sees the value of just one. God sees the value of just one. He sees the value. He sees the value. A lot of times we don't see the value of just one. And, and, and a lot of times we, we overlook the value of just one person. One person. But Jesus sees and knows and understands that value. And, and in teaching this lesson, if you back up and look at Luke 15, in the very beginning, verse, uh, verses 1 and 2, before he even begins to speak on these parables, you'll understand why he places value, a monetary value, if you would, in within these parables. And verse number 1, then drew, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him. Look at verse number 2. And the Pharisees and the scribes, boy, they understood money, didn't they? They were ones who understood the money that changed hands and where it was going to go. I believe that's why this parable is nestled just a few verses right in between the lost sheep and the prodigal son. They may not understand that. They may not grasp that. But boy, you put money, you put value on something, their ears perked up. Wait a minute. Was he talking about money now? So we see this right here, and I want to take just a few minutes this morning, and I'll, I'll do my best to take just a few minutes and really dive into it. My second point is going to be the longest one, so when we make it past the second one, we're, on the, we're almost done, all right? But number one, number one, I want you to see this. There is a purpose attached to this coin. There is a purpose. Why would this lady be so frantic, and why would she go to such lengths to try to find just one coin? Well, because there was a purpose attached to this coin, and we don't know a lot about her. We don't know if she was rich or if she was poor. Oh, we don't know what the significance of this coin means to her. But here's the thing. I, if you look at it, you, you maybe think, that well, maybe she's poor because all she had was 10 coins. And maybe you thought, well, maybe this was her entire life savings, and now she has lost one or misplaced one. And, and maybe even what is the value of the coins? How much money were these things actually worth, right? What is the value that took her and pushed her to search very diligently for it, to light a candle, to sweep the house, to try her best to find just this one. The Bible scholars can't seem to agree either, but of the monetary value, some say it represented a day's wage, and I could lean toward that a little bit, and others say it was an insignificant amount of money as like a quarter would be for us. But regardless of the amount of the monetary value placed on it, it meant something to her. It meant a lot, so much so that she was willing to do whatever it took until she found just that one. It represented, to, it represented a tenth of what she had, and it, which was very significant in regarding its monetary value. She had lost a tenth of what she had had, and, and these silver coins could have been just ten silver coins that were laid out on a table or in a jar, and maybe something happened and it fell, and she was picking them up and realized that she only picked up nine out of the ten and then looked for the other one. Or it could be even more significant than that. Because in that day and time, a lot of times they would have headdresses that they would wear when they would get married and they would have 10 coins attached to that headdress and that headband that they would wear. Maybe it was one of those coins that had gotten fallen off and maybe came loose over time and maybe she was pulling this out as a reminiscence of, of when she got married and, and of that marriage and what it meant and, and the significance thereof. And, and when she noticed, she pulled it out, she goes, one's missing, one's missing, one's missing. Maybe it was a significant value to her as a sentimental value. It meant something to her of that value. 
in that day and time, if, if this were the case, and I kind of leaned toward that in my studies and researching this out, it would declare her status as a married woman. It would mean something much more than just 10 coins. It would mean almost as it would represent like her, our wedding rings today. It would mean something to her, a value. It meant, it meant that she was married. She was taken, that, that no other men would be allowed to marry her. I am taken, amen, but now she is missing one. It would be literally like uh, our wedding rings today, and, and you ladies, and all of a sudden a diamond falls out. You're not going to shrug your shoulders and go, oh, well, <laughs> right? You're not going to, well, it's just a diamond. I mean, I still got the rest of the ring. I still got the other ones, but the big one in the middle, I know it's gone. <laughs> no, you're going to search everywhere for it, right? And I believe that's where she was. It meant something to her, and it, and, and it meant something more sentimental than just a monetary value. It went much deeper than that. And this is why she searched so diligently for it. And, and it's easy to see why the loss of this one coin was enough to cause this woman to fly into action immediately when she realized that one was missing. This coin was precious to this woman, and this is why she gets so worked up over it. However, it has absolutely no value at all while it is lost. It has no value. If you have money and you lose that money, guess what it means? It, it, it has value where it's at, but it is of no value to you. Because you do not obtain it. You do, not, you do not have it in your possession. It cannot bless you. It cannot help you. It cannot provide for you. You don't have it. You lost it. So we understand she begins to search very diligently for it because it could not adorn her head anymore. It could not grace her life. It could not be used to provide essentials for life. It was useless as long as it was lost. And that's why it was imperative that she found it, just that one piece out of 10, one piece out of 10, it was very imperative that she find it because it was worth everything to this woman. She needed it in her life to be complete once again, to be made whole once again. She needed this. Now, of course, the object of this parable here is to teach the value of one sinner. We know that because the transition into verse number 10, we see that. The value is not necessarily placed on the coin, but the value is placed on one person who repenteth and comes to Jesus as a sinner and asking for salvation and getting salvation and obtaining that salvation through Jesus Christ. And we see the rejoicing in heaven afterward. We understand that this is the object of this, but get this now. You see, just like that lost silver coin, people that are lost are, were not, people were not created to live lives of sin and of disobedience to the Lord. No, no, no. We were not created to live lives that are full of sin. We were not created uh, to, to be disobedient unto God. No, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 43, in verse number seven, that God made man for one purpose and it's for his own glory. To everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. And when God made man, he made him in his image. We know that in Genesis 1:26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He made man for fellowship. We also read that in Genesis so that he could walk with them and talk with them. And Genesis 3, 8, and they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Why? Because they had sinned. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. But when, men, when, man sand, when, when man sinned, he became lost and his sin did something in his life. It separated him from the presence of God. In Genesis 3.23, therefore the Lord God sent him forth out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he, had, he was taken. Isaiah 59 and verse number 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. A life lived for the Lord is a beautiful and a powerful thing, but a lost life has no value. 
Oh, but hang on. But when that life is found and restored to its proper place by the power of God, that life can be all that God designed it to be in the first place. For this woman, her life would not be complete until she found that one lost coin. For this woman, she had to have it to be in its proper place for her to be fulfilled once again. It filled an important place in her life, and God is complete without you and I. But when we are saved by his grace and filled with his spirit and used for his glory, we serve the function of adorning the Lord and bringing glory to his name. Get this now. There's a purpose attached to this coin And there's a purpose attached to each of your lives in here this morning. For many of you, for many years, you've heard that you are worthless, that you have no value, that you bring nothing to the table. Uh, You know, PE was crucial when we were growing up. Amen. And some some, some of you even more mature folks would understand this even more. It was even more crucial then. The day and age in which we live in now, everybody's a winner. Hold on, I'm going somewhere. But when we was growing up, if you got big last, that means you didn't bring no value to the team and nobody wanted you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who was picked last, all right? I don't need it. I don't need it, all right? Listen, we don't want to bring back old memories. It's under the blood. It's in the past, amen? But listen, you, know, you, you think about that for a little while. How many times does this happen when you get very, you get very little value placed on you, Right? It don't feel good. It it brings you down. It brings you to a place uh, 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 of low. It brings your countenance down. It it does not encourage you. It It does not help you at all when people put you down or belittle you and undervalue you, if you would. But I want to remind each of you this morning that you have a value on you. You have a very precious value on you. You have a very precious value in your life. Each one of you are so valuable to God that he was willing to send his son to die for you. That's a value beyond anything money can buy. That's a value that money can... I'm going to jump ahead of myself. Let me get to the second point. Let me go ahead and turn it over there. Listen, not only is there a purpose attached to the coin, there is a plan attached to this coin. There is a plan attached to this coin to redeem this coin, to find this coin, to bring this coin back to where it was, back to its proper place, and be useful once again. Let me see. Let me, let me show you this right quick, very quickly here. So when this woman here realizes it, look at verse number eight. Either a woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently until she find it. There was a purpose behind that coin, but yet there was a plan attached behind this coin. As soon as she realized the coin was lost, there was a plan, and that plan was put into action. And guess what? Because the plan was there and the action was taken, there was success in the end. Get this now. So a woman here, when she realizes that she had lost the coin, she springs into action to see that coin Toward. It is a valuable thing to her, and she needs it. She lights a light and begins to move things around and sweep the house until she finds just that one coin. And, and she had a will to find it. Get this now. But she also worked to find it, and she won in the end because she found that coin. Why? All this because it had value. It had something there that attached her, something there that drew her, something there that said, I got to find it. I got to go get it. I got to go get it wherever it is. I got to find it. I got to move things. I got to sweep things. I got to pick up things. I got to dust the dirt around the bottom of my floor until I see that glimmer of light from the candle that shines on that silver coin. I need to restore this coin back to its proper place. 
And that coin was lost in the darkness of this house. And that coin was lost in the dirt of this house. And it was lost in disuse in this house. Remember, because it is not useful to anyone while it is lost. And yet, that coin was also lost in the dwelling. Now, let me take just a moment here. My, the second point's the longest one. But we're going to break each one of these down. I want, what a picture this coin is. This coin was lost in the darkness. We know that because she lit a candle, right? Houses in that day and time are not like our houses, all right? They ain't got power and windows and just flip a light switch on. No, no, she lit a candle and began to search. And you think about a candle, what light does a candle put off? Most of the light from a candle really would illuminate off at an angle and then go up and around. So imagine her, if you would, as this candle was being lit to search for the one coin that she so desperately wanted to redeem and put back in its rightful place. She begins to light this candle. And as that picture out there illustrates, she's on the floor. She is going down to where the coin was, and she is looking, searching diligently. She needs to restore this coin. She wants to restore this coin. She so desperately will do anything to restore this coin back to its proper place. Lost people are in darkness just like this coin was lost in the darkness. They may be brilliant intellectual speaking, but spiritually they are blind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, when, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. This lady lit a light. How great of a picture is this of literally taking the gospel light and trying to take it into darkness and trying to find just that one coin that is lost. What a challenge that is for you and I as Christians this morning. What a challenge that is. How many candles have we lit and really began to diligently search for that one coin that is lost in the darkness? How many times and how many candles have we actually lit to do just that? They are lost in the, the black darkness of spiritual ignorance and they do not know their condition and they do not know what they need until they are sought after by the Lord. In Ephesians chapter number two and verse number one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in sins. You quickened, that word quickened means made alive. In John 6, 44, no man, come unto, no man cometh unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Lost people are in darkness, and we know that. We can turn the TV on, we can watch the news, and we understand this world right now is full of darkness, and it's our job to light the candle. My friends, it's, I, the, how many of you understand that the, these are the last of last days? Jesus could come at any moment. We know that. We are literally running parallel to the end times right now. We're not running to a, a further distant goal down the road. No, we're running parallel to the end times, and Jesus could come at any moment. And it's our job to light candles along the way and diligently look for those that are lost in the darkness. But let's take it a step further here. People are also lost in the dirt. Oh, Yes. This coin was stamped with the image of the ruler of that time. Think about this. It was stamped with the image of the ruler. And when that coin was lost in the dirt, the image of the ruler of the coin would be hidden and marred. Likewise, man who was formed out of the dust was stamped with the fingerprint of God. But when man sinned, we were marred. We were stained. We became dirty, amen? We became dirty just like this coin. 
Get this now. Lost people are in the dirt. And Genesis 1:26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. But that image was marred by sin and they needed to be cleansed so that the light of the Lord might be restored unto them. So that God's glory could shine once again. So that God could, could, could come forth and show forth his glory through man. We think about this a lot of times in, in, in coins. A lot of times we don't pick up the coin because why? They're dirty. How many of you walk by a quarter even because it looked nasty? Let's just be honest. Maybe he was at the beach. Maybe he's on the boardwalk. And, and you saw that quarter and you're like, mm, no, I ain't going to pick that one up. Somebody else can have that one. How many people do we walk by? How many people do we sit beside? How many people do we work near? They're, they're pretty rough. They're, they're, they, they're rough. That's, they're they're kind of dirty. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to shed the light over there. I, I don't, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to be associated with them. I don't want nobody to see me talking to them. How many people do we pass just because they're dirty? Now, hang on. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with that thought. People, lost people are in disuse. Now, hang on with me. Hang on to that last thought, and we're going to bring it all together right here. Take your Bibles and turn over to 1 Corinthians, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Lost people are in disuse, and just like that lost coin is unusable, so is a lost life. It must be cleansed, and it must be restored before the Lord can use it for his glory. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verses 9 through 11. I want to bring into remembrance something here in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verses 9 through 11. Verses 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you find your place, say amen. amen. Verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But hang on to verse number 11. And such were some of you. Let me say that again. And such for some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I love this portion of Scripture because it helps us bring into understanding the value of one. Because God loved you, he went to where you were when you could not come to him. He reached out, he sought you, and yet guess what he did? He sent somebody by your way and gave you a gospel track. Somebody to tell you about Jesus. He sent one. He sent one by your way to reach one. Why? Because there is value of one. The reminder comes into play. Hey, such were some of you. Hey, don't get too high and mighty, Christian. Don't get too uppity because you go to church. Don't get too uppity because you got a suit on because remember where you were when I reached down and found you. You were dirty, lost in the dark, lost in the dirt, covered in the filth of this world. But yet I saw fit to send somebody by your way so you can be redeemed and be cleansed and be washed and be put back into use for my glory. And such were some of you. I love that reminder. I love that reminder as we read this story and we really get the context of it. Lost people are in disuse, but lastly here in the second point, lost people are everywhere, even in the dwelling. Hang on with me. We look back at our text in Luke 15. 
I'll read it for you very quickly. Either a woman having 10 pieces of silver, she lost one piece. Doth not light a, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the piece which I had lost. I asked you a question this morning. Where did she find the piece of silver? Where did she find it? In the house. It did not say that she exited the house and went down to the market and looked at the retailers and the, and the local Walmart where she went and shopped and got her groceries. No, she, didn't, she didn't call up her friends and say, hey, did I leave some silver there? Hey, did I lose something there? Hey, I'm looking for this. Have you seen it? Have you looked at it? No, no. She knew that it was somewhere in that house, and she wasn't going to stop until she found it. Now, I want to remind you, church, that there are lost people everywhere at your jobs, the schools that you attend the gas station we shop at to get our gas. Everywhere you go, there are lost people. But may I remind you that there are also lost people in the dwelling. He said, in the dwelling? What are you talking about? I'm talking about right here. Those of you that found that penny, it was lost. And some of you redeemed that penny. You, 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 you grabbed that penny off the floor. You saw its value, and you picked it up. Did you pick it up in the house of the Lord? Amen. Likewise, there are lost in the house. I found coins in the car and I found coins in the street. Amen. I found change everywhere. I've also found them in my house. But the same is the true with lost men. They're everywhere. Lost women and men, children, teenagers, including the house that we're in right now. Now, get this now, when, the, when this coin goes missing, this woman sets out business finding it. She does not sit back idly and lackadaisical and, well, I'll find it eventually. Maybe when I do my cleaning later this evening, I'll find it. No, she begins to search very diligently and very quickly for this. She, she makes up her mind to do whatever it takes to find this coin and to restore it. And that's exactly what she does. She lights the light. She moves the furniture. She begins to sweep the floor. Why? Just hoping that the light from the candle will glimmer off of that silver and she can spot it and go, whoop, there it is. There it is. I found it. Why? Just by moving the dust a little bit, she found that one coin that was lost in the house. And this is a picture of God here. And God does everything necessary for the salvation of lost people. God does not want anyone to go to a place called hell. Let me say that. God does not want any to perish and go to a place called hell. And he has done everything that he can. And he's given everything that he could give to make sure that that does not happen. God has done everything necessary for salvation of lost people. He loves them. I remind you of this in Romans 5, verse number 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord hath appeared unto, unto old, unto them, unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He provided a perfect salvation. May I remind you of this in Acts 16, 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved And the house. He gave his son to pay the redemption price. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you are not redeemed by corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, no, but yet with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, we are redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, he sent to die in our place. Revelation 1, 5, and Jesus, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, 
and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins unto, uh, in his own blood. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he also calls them to come. And when they come, Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 6, 44, no man cometh unto me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up in the last days in John 14 verse number 6 Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life and no man cometh unto the father but by me and now get this and once the drawing is there and once the one responds he saves them completely and eternally John chapter number 10 verse 28 and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand in 1 John 5 13 these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know Know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. He has a perfect plan to save lost people. Now, let me help you. We are a part of that plan. Those of us that are saved in here this morning, you were a part of that plan to light the candles, to sweep around the house, to sweep and look in places that maybe have never been searched before. It is our job now to go forth and look for that one who is lost, to help, the, to, to help bring them the glorious gospel. How shall they hear? How shall they know? Who's going to go tell them? It is our job to tell everyone about the one who changed our lives. If God really changed our lives, as we say he did, then we would do everything we can to get everybody in the same boat as us. Think about that. This woman does everything. She wants this coin to be found, and she does whatever she can to look for it, to sweep for it, and she lights the candle, and she does everything until that is restored. Now listen. Here's the thing. I, I, need, I need one of our teenagers, one of our teenagers to help me out real quick. Come up here. I'll call. I'll, come on, come on. Don't make me pick one of y'all. I won't play favorites or nothing. Here, let me, maybe this will help. Now I need a teenager up here. Who's coming? I need a teenager. Somebody. All right. It's amazing, ain't it? What if I'd have held the penny up? I bet, man, I should have done that. I bet none of y'all would have came on that one. All right, come on up here. What is this right here? That's a 20, ain't it? Is that valuable? How much value? <laughs> Let's try this again. Hang on. What is this? How much value? $20. $20. All right. We understand the value of this, right? We see the value because it's labeled right there with the value. Would you want this? I just thought I would ask. I mean, it's a valid question, right? You could do something with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I, what if I folded it up about five, six times? Would you still want it? Well, I just asked a question. I, say, <laughs> I didn't say reach for it and grab it. I said, would you want it? Would you still want it? Why? Because it's still $20. What if we threw it on the ground? Would you still want it? That's fo now it's folded up. It's folded up and now on the ground. Would you still want it? Yeah. Why? What if I stepped on it? Would you still want it? 
What if I twisted my foot? Really just got it down in there. I don't know what's on the bottom of my shoe. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. Would you still want that 20? Why? Because it still has value. You can take that. That right there, you can go ahead and have a seat. That's good. Thank you. That's a representation of our lives a lot of times. When the world comes and crushes us, when somebody comes by and steps on us, when others come by and they slander, when others see no value, can I remind you this morning that God sees that you are valuable? Some of y'all ain't getting this. Some of y'all ain't getting this. When the world says you are worthless, when the world says you will amount to nothing, when the world says that you bring nothing of value to the table, God says you are valuable to me. Young people, you have potential to do something great for God. You have the potential, adults in here, to do something for God. You kids in here, you have value. What the world labels as worthless, what the world labels as of none of use, what the world says, you're ripped, you're tore, you're marred, you're covered in dirt. I don't want you. God says, I want you. I'll take you. I'll cleanse you up. Hey, hey, I will make you back where you can be used again. I want to restore you and I want to use you. You have value. And through this parable, we see the value of one. Lastly, let me get to this last point. We're done. There is praise attached to this coin. Not only is there a purpose attached to this coin, there is a plan attached to redeem that coin, but yet there is praise attached to this coin here. We see that labeled for us in verse number 10. We'll read the, the entirety of it. Either, either a woman, what a woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she had called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. There is joy in heaven when one comes to salvation. Not hundreds, not thousands, but yet one. Ever, you think back to the day and the time and the place when you called out to Jesus realizing your lost condition and you begged God to save you through the blood of Jesus Christ. The moment you said, Jesus, save me. There was rejoicing in heaven over you. Hallelujah for that. You may not have got rejoicing on this side of glory, but in heaven, there were some angels going, whoop. What did he just say? Did they just, mm, is there another one coming? Hey, get another mansion ready. Start preparation. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another. There is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. When this woman found the coin, she called her friends and neighbors and said, hey, let's get together. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate this. 
Likewise, here we see in verse number 10 that the transition is moving to heaven now. And we were told that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Heaven gets excited when one that was lost is found. Why? Because something of value has been restored to its proper place. God is now being glorified. A soul misses hell and that which is unusable is now available for the master's use. That which was dirty and made ugly by sin is cleansed and beautiful by the grace of God. Oh, it's a beautiful thing when one sinner comes in repentance to Jesus for salvation. We're done this morning. We're done. Abel, you can start making your way to the piano. Let me give you this last little thought here, and we're done. You can go ahead and close your Bibles. If there's one final thought that we can add to this, it is this, that God is interesting. God is interested in what others think is worthless. He does not care what you may think about your own worth, and he does not care what others may think about your worth. He looks at you through the eyes of love and of grace and sees you being worthy of his son. Now, as we concluded the latter part of of number two, Abel, you can start playing when you get ready. That coin that was lost, it was of disuse. It was of no value when it was lost. Until that coin was redeemed, cleaned up, and put back in its rightful position where it belongs, it was of no value. And such were some of you. That's where we were at one point in our lives. Dirty, marred, covered in sin, but yet God loved us so much so that he was willing to send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we, through the precious blood of Jesus, can be redeemed, can be justified, can be reconciled, can can be put and be ready for the master's use. But the question I want to ask this morning is not for those that are saved, but there may be one in here this morning. And like we added in that illustration, the coin was lost in the house. The coin wasn't lost anywhere else. It was in the house. My question this morning is, is there any coins in here this morning? Is there any lost coins in here this morning? Are there any in here this morning that you're unsure? I know we got everybody. We ain't bowed our heads yet, amen. This is serious. This is big. Eternity hangs in the balance right now between one who is lost and one who is found. Eternity hangs in these moments. Are there any coins that are lost in here this morning? That's the question. Very, I can't put it any more frank than that. Are you unsure of your eternity? If something were to happen in this moment, 
If Jesus were to return and snatch the church away, would you be left sitting in the same chair that you're in right now? That's the question you really need to mull over and ask yourself. Am I the lost coin? Am I, am I the coin that is in disuse? Am I the coin that's still covered in the dirt? Am I the coin that's still hidden in darkness? Young people, teenagers, adults, let's make sure, let's make sure that we know where we're gonna spend eternity. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just another moment. I beg and plead this morning, if there are any, no matter the age, no matter your position, no matter uh, of any wealth, does not matter. The main thing that matters right now is where you're going to spend eternity because it hangs in the balance and the decision has to be yours to make. Your parents cannot save you. Your grandparents cannot save you. I cannot save you. Your pastor cannot save you. Jesus has done everything that he needed to do. He completed the process of salvation through his shed blood on the cross of Calvary. It is finished. The debt had been paid. And now it is offered as a free gift to any who will receive him this morning to be restored back to its proper place. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna ask a question this morning. And in all sincerity, I really want you to analyze and think to yourself and ask yourself these questions. Number one, if you'd be willing to raise your hand in just a moment, say, Brother Brandon, I know that I know that I know I am saved. I know without a shadow of a doubt there, there's, there, there, there is nothing in my mind that says anything otherwise than I know that I place my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. I believe and I've trusted in him, whether it be last week, many years ago or whatever, but I know that I know that I know, and you'd be honest enough, you'd be willing to raise your hand. I'm saved this morning, I'm saved. Raise your hand if you're saved, raise your hand. If you know that you know that you know. Amen, amen, hands go down. My next question. Is there one here who's unsure? Is there one in the house this morning that is unsure of their eternity? I said, Brother Brandon, I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to, the, to a devil's hell where there's fire and gnashing of teeth and torments that'll never stop. And I don't want to go there. I'm unsure. I don't know where I'll spend eternity. If I took my last breath right now, I do not know. I'm not sure that I'm saved. And you'd be willing to raise your hand so I can pray with you. I will not come back and get you. We've never done that and we won't. But I want to know how to pray. I want to know how to pray this morning. If there's one here this morning that says, Brother Brandon, I'm lost. I'm unsure of my salvation. And I'm willing to raise my hand right now. You'll do it. 
Is there one that says, Brother Brandon, I'm not sure. I am unsure of my eternity. I am unsure. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want somebody to show me how. And you'd be willing to raise that hand right now. You may be watching by way of live stream. There's a number across the bottom of your screen that you can call. We have people that are standing by the phones right now and they're willing to take the call, willing to pray with you, take the Bible and show you how you can be saved. Let's all stand to our feet this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed just for another moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for another moment. We'll sing in just a moment. Let me flip the script just a little bit here. Maybe, maybe this morning, maybe this morning we just need to rejoice a little bit and thank the Lord for our salvation, but also ask God to give us a burden for the lost. As this woman sought diligently, which means she put effort behind it. She just didn't wait for the coin to just appear, to pass by, and there it is. Maybe this morning, us that are saved, that ask the Lord to give us a burden to go after, to diligently seek after those coins that are lost, to diligently work, diligently seek, and diligently find them. Maybe this morning that could be our challenge. As some are using, making their way to the altar now, the time is, is not late. It's 12.30. There's plenty of time. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need to make that move, God spoke to your heart about anything. By all means, come talk to the Lord about it. There's no greater feeling than communing with a loving God who loves you and wants the best for you. another moment or so. 